Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Wagner. I am so happy you have joined me this week and whenever this finds you. I I hope you are in the fight. Right? One of the things our our coach at Bethel used to say all the time is run to the fight, stay in the fight, finish, right? That idea of staying in the fight is is the hard part. And sometimes it's really easy to run to it. And it's sometimes, you know, finishing isn't always easy, but there's motivation there. There's engagement in in the running to the problem. And there's also motivation around finishing the problem. Most of the time, the thing I struggle with is, is staying in the fight. And so, so I encourage you all, right, get in there, stay in there, and whatever it takes, uh, find a way to get to the finish line. Um, and in some ways, that's what the next couple episodes are going to be about. I've had this idea on my heart for a while now to, to think about bringing you guys kind of a resources episode, an episode about the different things that I engage with that challenge me to grow and get better. I know that I reference a lot of things and I reference a lot of things in passing. Um, and that isn't always the best, right? You might have to rewind. I mean, one of the great things about a podcast is that you can just press 15 seconds back and press pause and listen to it again and write it down. So I hope that you guys are are doing that or finding value from some of the things that I might say. But I wanted to zoom in a little bit on some of that stuff and and think about how to continue to serve you guys in, in the best way possible. And that to me is is being a curator to a degree to be able to point um you know it's what it's what Google has made a billion dollars doing, right? It's like, okay, I'm gonna point you to the best possible resource to help solve the problem that you're dealing with. Because I think, you know, for most of us, it's not that we we can't solve the problem. It's that we don't know where to start in solving the problem, right? We we are, when we think about this idea of run to the fight, stay in the fight, finish, I think at each stage in that process, right, starting is this idea of run into the fight. It's really valuable to feel confident in what you can attack, right? I think even if we just take the analogy of like a battle or a historic idea of war, right? people don't run to the fight unprepared, right? They have a strategic plan in place. And, and so hopefully what this allows us to do, and really, I, I, again, I think about a different coach, uh, coach Miller, he would say, you know, when I'm pointing a finger, I'm really, I have three or four pointing back at me, you know, that crooked thumb keeps coming back at me too. And so, what the point of this opportunity is for me is also a little bit selfish in saying like, Hey, this is what I need to do to stay in the battle when it gets hard for me too. And so, um, it's a little bit reflection and it's a little bit of an opportunity to, to create some traction for you all going forward, but also for me. And really this was prompted by a couple different things. And so the first of which being a conversation I was having with my wife around meal planning, um, this is something we have wanted to do for a long time. And 
we just struggle to do it, you know, and there are ebbs and flows to that reality. We, we sometimes will do it well for a week or like kind of haphazardly, right? We, we talk all the time on the show about getting intentional, being purposeful, finding a way to measure or track or, or have some identity around what the progress looks like, right? Progress, not perfection. But, you know, for us in our home, like there is a, there's a sense that we might not want to start until we have it all figured out, right? Until we have all of the details in place, until we have settled on something, and not only that, like it would be really great if we didn't have to change it after that. And we were talking and, and that's a little bit Callie's bent in life is I want to have it pretty dialed in and pretty tight before I move forward. I don't want moving pieces. I don't want to be surprised by anything. And as a result, there's some scuffling and dragging the feet and I do it with her, right? We, we do that together. And so as we were talking, I'm like, no, this is not, you know, like going to my skill set, going to what I do for a living. I'm like, this isn't how behavior change works though. Right. If we go to, and hopefully you guys have a pen or a pencil, some paper handy, or you're taking notes on your phone, but like, and this is a book I've referenced a ton of times, right? Atomic habits by James clear. He talks about, uh, uh, the habit loop. Right. And that's really from Charles Duhigg's The Power of Habit. And if you read those two books together, it's an incredible sort of triggering idea of how to create meaningful change in your life by connecting this idea of habits and like the systems that we create automatically in our life through the habit loop. And so Duhigg talks about how we're we're stuck in this craving cue response reward cycle right that's kind of the habit loop a craving triggers either a cue or a behavior and then what james clear does in atomic habits is he's like we can actually use this knowledge for our benefit and so he says we want to make it easy or make it obvious right the cue needs to be obvious for us and so one of the reasons we wanted to, to we want a meal plan is since we've had children I think that's one of the things that weighs most heavily on my wife during the course of every day is what are we going to have for supper tonight? And it just becomes mental energy that it drifts away. And, and really this show, the next couple shows, as I work through the process and I'll explain a little bit in, in as we get a little bit deeper into the episode here, what we're going to do over the course of the next couple shows is this idea of removing drift to the best of our ability and understanding that when we fall out of routine, that drift is going to take over in so many areas of our life, right? Once we, once we let a few things slip, drift happens everywhere. And the same is true in the converse. Once we dial in a few pieces, once we have that routine back in place, it starts to order the rest of our life and make the rest of our life easier. And I've noticed over the course of the last 12 months in particular that that drift has been more and more severe as a lot of things have changed. And I think I've had great success in creating these routines and plans in my life at times, and I've been really, really terrible at it 
also. And the terrible times have come in in huge transitions, right? In these moments where there's where there's massive transition or there's some sort of upheaval. And so we had a child 10 months ago, right? That was certainly a part of it. Part of my routine was running and I had an injury that took me out of that. You know, part of my routine is waking up early. Again, when your child is awake at night, there's it feels less motivating to get up early. And so those things kind of creating some upheaval. And then we decide that we're going to remodel our home and our basement and try and finish that. And that becomes more part of the routine, but it's it's disrupting the other one. And so I, I just felt a lot of sense that many of you out there also experience these moments of transition, these moments of upheaval more often than we're willing to give credit for. And we don't really look back and say, oh, my routine is all messed up. I'm disjointed. My I'm disordered in my life. And we don't say, we don't give ourselves the grace to look back and say that thing was the catalyst for that because we don't spend a lot of time in reflection. And so, um, so as I think about the meal planning and like how much weight that is put on us since we've had children, since we have to make these regular consistent, like, Hey, they need to eat, you know, every day, like us, we can punt. We'll be okay. You know, I'll have a sandwich, but we want to, we want to prioritize their health and their well-being. And so like, let's have good meals. And, and so this meal planning thing just became so, so clear and obvious, like, Hey, this isn't how change happens, right? We have to make it obvious first. We have to see it, have the cue be really obvious, right? Getting back to the James Clear idea. And then we need it to be attractive. And so if meal planning is such that like every meal is a lot of work or every meal isn't like that exciting because it has a lot to do or it's uh you know protein vegetable starch like whatever you know like it's not that attractive and so we get to the make it obvious make it attractive part but then he talks about the actual routine of it has to be really, really easy. And one of the things that he talks about, James Clear talks about a lot is like two minutes, five minutes, one page of a book, 10 pages of a book, whatever your minimum is that you will actually do, that needs to be the goal. And so for us in the meal planning, it was just like, we, what's the minimum number of meals we need to have planned so that we will actually attempt it? Because once, you know, it's, this idea of like ever tried, ever failed, no matter, try again, fail again, fail better. Like we aren't going to be able to take out all the variables. We aren't going to not fail in this process. What we, what we need to do is put ourselves out there, take the risk, start, and then stay in the fight, stay in the battle. Don't get frustrated because the first iteration didn't go well. We have to be constantly updating and looking at what does that mean for us to be seeing where our mistakes are and how do we update that mental model of what the picture is going to look like and then actually update the meal plan. Don't just be like, oh, that didn't go well. We'll fix it. No, get in there, address it, change it, make a better plan and move forward. So that was kind of the first trigger in this thought process in terms of doing it right now. The second was planning for 
a, a group presentation that I was working with and, and seeing how like behavior change is this incredibly challenging thing. Thinking about creating more wellness in our life, creating healthier outcomes for our, for our bodies, for our minds, for our hearts. I just had this idea that like, okay, we, we have to think about how we're serving all three places of our lives, right? We have to not just think about how we're serving our physical body in whether that be fitness, whether that be, um, you know, nutrition, sleep, hydration, all these things. We have to engage that process with our like intellectual growth, things we're being challenged by, things we're thinking about, the different places that we're growing as leaders, as coaches, as parents, as, you know, and like all of the different hats that we wear. If there's not progress in those places intellectually, we begin to stagnate. We begin to get frustrated. We begin to feel disappointment or frustration or disorder, you know? And so I, I just started thinking like wellness is not a physical reality. It's, it is that it is absolutely that. And when our physical wellness isn't taking care of our mental and emotional well-being suffers from that, right? I, I've been listening to the revisionist history season on um, experiments with Malcolm Gladwell. It's a podcast you can find anywhere. Um, but he, he highlights this study on starvation. And the most recent episode talks about how hunger affects every part of us. It doesn't just, so as our physical body wears down and deteriorates, our mental and emotional well-being also starts to wear down and deteriorate. Well, if that's true of our physical body, what about our emotional well-being? When our emotional well-being isn't being promoted or taken care of, or we aren't serving ourselves or looking inside and finding ways to, to improve that, guess what? We're not going to prioritize our physical well-being either. We aren't going to care as much about what food we eat. I just like this idea of eating our feelings, right? That's that's that direct connection. Okay, now maybe our our intellectual well-being or our spiritual well-being isn't being prioritized. It's going to have negative effects, adverse effects into the rest of our lives. Our relationships are going to be challenged. And so this really is a whole person sort of idea. And and when I think about that, that's where I'm going to head with the next couple episodes. I'm going to bring in people that have had a dramatic impact in my life in these different areas, right? Whether, you know, and kind of the framing I'm going to use is head, hands, heart, right? So who is challenging me to think about new ideas? Who's challenging me to grow and chase the intellectual pursuits that I'm excited about, but also like who reinforces some of the beliefs that I have, who challenges those beliefs, who gives me new information to consider and think about. And, and so that's some of the resources that I'm talking about. Some of those things will be books and podcasts and, and different tools and resources that, that I engage with, but there will actually be a conversation and interview with a person who, who helps me do that. Um, you know, one of those people I think about has been on the podcast pretty regularly and that's John Peter, who was just on a couple episodes ago, right? That's, he is constantly sending me, you know, whether it's a video 
or a podcast or a book recommendation to say, you got to read this. It blew my mind. It will challenge you also. Like, who is that for you? Who can you connect with in that way? And then there's the hands piece. You know, I, it's probably not going to be JP, JP, I love you, but we don't need to keep uh, mining, mining that well all the time. And, you know, people you hear about all the stuff that we kind of talk about anyway. Um, you know, and then there's the hands piece, which is our physical body. And I see this really in two ways. There is a physical like fitness component that, and there are people that challenge me in that regard. And then there's a, like, uh, I think about the book by Matthew Crawford called shop class as soul craft. And what he's talking about is when our hands are active, when our, when we get to engage our hands with our minds in building something, in creating something, in developing an idea, we get to commune a little bit with our spirit as well. We get to, we get that meditative reality that, that is created by whether even it's like the repetition of pounding a nail or making a cut or whatever it is. And so, um, well, we will certainly find some people, maybe some some people we we know pretty well that are going to come on and have that conversation with me because they've been super influential about even me thinking I'm capable of that sort of stuff, of finding a way in, right? That's a place where I don't run to the fight because I don't feel confident. And then I read a book like, like that Matthew Crawford book um, and I'm going, I have to, I have to do some of this and I have to find that kind of piece through that process because it serves the bigger picture. And then there's the heart piece. And, and that to me is, is really about creating routines around stuff that's going to feed you for wisdom for spiritual well-being, for emotional well-being. And, and I look at that as a, as an absolute like foundational piece to all of this. And so when we fall out of routine, who do we become, right? I look at myself and I think I'm not as intellectually invested or stimulated. I'm not writing as often. I'm not reading as much. I'm not engaging with, with new content. I, I listen to the same sort of things over and over again. Who am I when my body is not being challenged, right? I feel less confident in myself. I feel like I'm less healthy. I don't eat as well. I think all of it ties together. And then when my heart isn't in the right place, I'm a less good parent. I'm a less good leader. I'm less invested in creating whole people. And I'm more invested in taking care of myself, which makes absolute sense, which makes perfect sense, right? I think about this from a parenting perspective. When my children are dysregulated for whatever reason, Maybe they're lacking emotional connection. Maybe they're lacking physical sustenance. Maybe they're lacking sleep. They become harder to parents. They become harder to be around because they need a need met. If our needs aren't being met spiritually, emotionally, if our needs aren't being met physically, we change as people. We are harder to be our best version of self. And so over the course of the next couple of weeks, I'm going to engage with what that looks like. I think some things that that also have prompted this recently are, you know, the podcast that I just mentioned, the revisionist history episode, um, 
around the hunger study that happened at the U of M in the forties during World War II. Really, really interesting stuff. Maybe the most coherent storytelling, I feel like uh, Gladwell kind of bounces around and maybe that's why I like him because my brain is similar, but um, really kind of pulls together a, a cool narrative. I'd encourage you guys to listen to that. I'm also reading, again, I talk about Ryan Holiday a lot and he has a series that he's writing called The Stoic Virtues series. And I'm in the second book. The first book is Courage is Calling. The second book is Discipline is Destiny. And it's around uh, the four virtues, uh, you know, four Stoic virtues, which have really been co-opted by all major religions and and philosophies pretty much throughout all of history. So the Stoics may not have invented it, but that was part of, you know, it's courage, temperance, um, you know, and that's what we're dealing with this in this book is discipline, temperance, justice and wisdom are the last four right so self-control how do we exercise self-control and that's when i am my best i am practicing self-control regularly right so what does my process look like at its optimal right i'm doing gratitude journal i'm reflecting regularly i'm thinking about how i engage all three parts of of that so i'm taking in some daily wisdom, like uh, literally called the calendar of wisdom by Leo Tolstoy. I'm reading the daily stoic by, by Ryan holiday. I, I get some different emails in my inbox, the daily discipline, which is by Brian kite um, and daily dad, which is a uh, Ryan holiday. And I think Stephen Hanselman, who's his kind of co-author partner in, in the research of all the stoicism stuff. And so like that stuff is feeding the spiritual stuff. Like I'm running or I'm really physically active. I'm engaging with new information because novelty sparks and triggers my heart and my spirit. So like, I guess first takeaway from this, this first in a series of ideas here is what does your best version of self look like when you feel like your life is really well ordered? What is that? Who is engaged? Who are you engaging with? What are you engaging with? What things physically are you doing? What things are you doing? You know, like, are there triggers that you can see and identify that are, that are telling you you're not at your best? For me, it's me being short or impatient with the people in my life. So mostly my children or my wife, right? If I'm feeling impatient, it's probably because there's a need not being met somewhere else. What is that for you? How does that look in your life? What things can you engage with to get yourself back on track? Because when we fall out of routine, it's really easy to drift towards things we don't want to be. We've heard us talk about this, this idea of who we are versus the things that we do. Most of our goals are around what it is we want to do. I would challenge you to think about who is it you want to be and then organize your life like that. I think back to the Rebecca Rausch episode of this podcast where she talks about how she plans her weeks, plans her year, and right, get really big. And then narrow, narrow, narrow the focus down so that you can have actionable items and tasks today. When we, when we make this plan, it's not about what we want to do by the end of the year. It's what type of person do we hope to identify with most frequently 
every day if possible, right? That's what I mean by staying in the fight. What does that look like? Who is that? Because when we identify with who we want to be, it becomes so much easier to make the decisions we want to make consistently. One of the presentations I've, I've done a few times is this idea of one decision to make a thousand. That one decision is who do you want to be? What is your legacy? What type of teacher do you want to be? What type of coach do you want to be? What type of leader do you want to be? Not the numbers at the end of the quarter, not the amount of wins that we have, not the scores on a standardized test, not all of the outcomes that we think that we're identifying with or that we think that we are defined by, but the type of behaviors we believe make us our best self. I'm going to explore what that looks like for me, and hopefully there's some resources over the course of the next three episodes that either myself or the guests share that can really prompt us to be going. If I check in with that, will it lead me to, will it guide me and direct me also? That's the challenge. That's the goal. If there's a podcast or an something that you listen to that is that thing, go and check in with some of your favorite episodes. Go back and find out where have you been challenged. It's not always new. That moves us. Sometimes we don't need to be taught. We just need to be reminded. I'm hoping to be reminded of the things that move me, and I hope that they move you as well. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I'm excited to, to take you on this journey, something I've been thinking about for a while now to say, what does our best look like? Not just getting better, but really striving for our best as often as possible. Go attack it today. Run to the fight, stay in the fight, finish. And as always, live eyes up.